Caps On Podcast, coming to you from the Capitol, with your hosts, Nick Tobias, Tyler Blumenstick, and Michael Britton. Welcome back to the Caps On Podcast. We've had a very long, long layoff since our last episode. Um, not a lot of sports going on, really not much to talk about, so we've taken a bit of a break, but with a lot of leagues kind of coming back and really getting back in the swing of things, coming up with plans to restart after the whole coronavirus pandemic. We're going to get back to normal pretty soon. Um, I'm here with Anthony Mano and Nick Tobias. How you guys doing? Oh, hanging in there, man. You know, it's it's been tough being stuck inside the house for over two months, but you know, we're getting some promise out of the sports world recently. You're not actually, I'm not actually here. I'm just piped in like Bundesliga crowd noise. <laughs> I, I put out two picks last, what, well, I think it was Saturday morning. Not good. Not good at all. Yeah, I stick. Oh, I, really, I guess yeah. home field advantage doesn't really make much of a difference when there's no fans. And there's- <laughs> it's not that I didn't take that into account, but like, because I, well, I did. I, I thought about it, but I just, I don't know. I just I figured ESPN like you're put, home, I, like you still got to travel, but. Yeah, I saw ESPN different. put out a picture um, of last year's Dortmund versus Bayern as opposed to this year's Dortmund versus Bayern. It was, I mean, obviously from a full stadium to nothing and it's just boring, yeah, but it's sports and they're getting, yeah, well, paid. I mean, that's like, that's the Bundesliga's Yankees, Red Sox, like on Sunday night baseball, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. they, and they play what, I think twice a year. I'm not too familiar with the Bundesliga, um, the format of it, but well, I can tell yeah, you, it's, I all, mean, it's all about Bayern, baby. Robert Lewandowski. It's live sports. They they beat um they beat Dortmund today I'm pretty sure oh they, they smacked did. Dortmund I think yeah I was golfing so I didn't place a bet on that but I wanted to and I wanted to release it for everybody but sometimes life gets in the way you know yeah <laughs> all right what are you gonna do so what are we hitting on today stick anyway yeah I mean just a little bit of a mishmash we can bring you some NBA top ten current players uh, we're gonna give you a little discussion on that. We are going to dive into the NBA restart and um, kind of talk about championship contenders. Um, and what was the last one? Major League Baseball, yeah, Michael does, Jordan comparisons. Yeah. Does, does the ML like, does major, does has major? Did they have, yeah. Yeah. Like, do they? Will they? Have they ever had a guy like Michael Jordan come across the MLB? So, I mean, we can start with the NBA top 10. Um, I feel like this is a really weird so, conversation so the, where, the, I mean, the, there can be a lot of different stuff. I, I, I was talking with Mano about this because I was watching First Take, um, and, you know, they've been putting out every single day, they've been putting out their top 20, I think, you know, list and starting from 20 going all the way up to one. And I think the first seven spots, you know, seven, eight spots are pretty locked in. I mean, I'm more concerned about, you know, debating the last couple because, you know, obviously we're going to put Giannis up there. You're going to put LeBron and Kawhi and, you know, KD um, and Anthony Davis. You know, the, the, the top seven, I think, are pretty straightforward. It's just that bottom, you know, the eight, nine, ten spots, I think, is where the debate happens. Um, like, I think we can all agree. Let's see. There's Giannis. So that's one. I'm not going to name Yo, Let's the- walk through this. Number one. I mean, I don't know. I, 
I, I'm not really too concerned with ranking the top seven like that. I mean, if, if you want me to tell you who I think the best player in the league is, and I, I do think it's Giannis. I mean, all his versatility and what he does is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only going to be getting better. All he needs is a shot. You know, he gets a jump shot and it's over. Um, I mean, Giannis. Follow- well, go ahead. He's followed by LeBron. LeBron's number two. Easy. Easy. Then- see, I really only have like a top five or six, to yes. be honest. Like it, LeBron, and, and that- Giannis, Kawhi, AD, Harden, and maybe Russell Westbrook. In Russell, a solid top, five. dude. Russell Westbrook, I think, is a conversation to have, not top mm-hmm. five. I, top, the top ten conversation is there. I don't think he's in the top five. Convers- You're gonna put. I wouldn't put him above Steph. Um, I wouldn't put him above KD. I mean, we're, we'll talk about healthy KD. I'm not talking about injured KD, obviously. Um, so, in what sense are we gonna talk about career, like overall talent? Are we gonna talk more? Um, I mean, success with teams. Like, wh- which direction do you guys want to go with this? I mean, I'm. I would like if we. Should, I think we should do overall player. You know, healthy. You know, obviously up until this point, like with KD, I would just obviously nullify the Achilles injury that's going to make him play at seventy five mm-hmm. instead of one hundred percent. So talent. Well, it's yeah. your own ranking. If you if you want to build in team success and something along those lines, then yeah, go for it. You know, it's a okay. t- it's, it's your top ten. But I think you know top three. We have it pretty pretty squared away with Giannis or top two at least Giannis and LeBron. Yeah, yeah I mean, I would agree. Let's see. I'm gonna uh, uh, let me let, let's look at the East. So the East coming out of the East, you have Giannis from Milwaukee. Toronto doesn't really have a pivotal player. I mean, I don't think I'd put spi- uh, you know Spicy P in the top ten. Um, nobody on the Celtics is is a top ten player. Miami, I don't think Jimmy Butler's a top ten player. Nobody on the Indiana Pacers is a top ten player. Then you get, but you can you make get, the, you can make the argument for Jimmy Butler if you want to go by team success. Like his teams win everywhere yes. he's been. Miami, he won. Philly, they won. And whether he's you know the asshole like behind their winning or not is a is a whole different debate. But you can't argue his success. It's the same with Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul never like might not ever get a ring, but he's had you know generational success everywhere he's been. See, that's what I was thinking about when I was logging into the call. I mean, I was like, which direction do I want to go with this? Do I want to go with like, and you kind of put some hot takes in there? Because I, I feel like if you put Chris Paul in there, it's definitely more of a hot take than anything. But Well, you can make the argument for Chris Paul because he took a, when, when they traded for Chris Paul and they pretty much, you know. Who are you talking about there? Are you, are you talking about okay, Thunder? So, okay. Yeah, when, when the Thunder acquired Chris Paul and basically – ripped their team to shreds and acquired assets. Nobody thought that they were going to be in the playoff picture. Everyone, Nobody thought that Chris Paul was even going to put on a Thunder uniform until he did, and then they started winning and continued to win. So he has an argument in this top in, in top 10. Like, this season, in the NBA, like, it's it's close. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'd put him in there. It's it's the same conversation you'd have with, with you know, Jimmy Butler. So if we want to, okay, I agree. So, and then, I mean, that's another, you're talking about, now we're talking about Jimmy Butler and his, you know, his presence in the locker room on the team. You know, uh-huh. he, he, he isn't necessarily that, um, you know, that lights out player who you're going to give the ball to and you're going to run the team, you know, you're not going to run the offensive offense through Jimmy Butler, even though he's capable of, you know, putting up the offensive numbers. Um, you know, he's a defensive player, but he's more so that locker room guy who holds everybody together, pushes him harder uh, in the weight room and stuff like that. And that's when I want to come talk about the Sixers. And I mean, I don't think Ben Simmons is a top ten player, um, but Joel Embiid is. Joel Embiid is definitely in conversation for it. now. The only play, where I put Joel would I put Joel Embiid 
in the top 10, I probably wouldn't. Um, I would put Nikola Jokic. I, I kind of agree with you there. I would put Jokic in it before I put Embiid, strictly because of Embiid's um, injury concern, uh, the concern that he doesn't put 100% into the games when he plays. You know, he seems very lackadaisical. Uh, and again, the injuries and him not playing, you know, 60, 70% of the season is nothing. I mean, Jokic is playing all these games. Um, uh-huh. You know, he's, he's dishing, he's, he's rebounding, he's making the threes. You, I've seen him do, there was that one fadeaway uh, in the corner, you know, turnaround fadeaway Jay in the corner that he had last year that was just unreal. Um, you know, just see, and he's lost weight. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to get more athletic, but I think I would probably put Jokic in before I put Joel mm-hmm. Embiid. Right. So just out of the, out of the East guys, even in consideration for top 10, right? We have Giannis, Embiid, KD, Kyrie, Oladipo. Only pretty much coming out of like with any sort of consideration to a top 10, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I somewhat agree. close to it. And then out of the West, I mean, starting with the Lakers, since they're, you know, at the top right now, you have LeBron and you have AD, right? Harden. And then going down to going down to the Clippers, you got Kawhi and you have Paul George, whether or not you want to put him in there is, is fine. Um, but just like ranking, you know, or just getting players in a pool here first. Um, you got the Nuggets. You said Jokic. I would, I would put him in that elite class as well. Um, and then the Thunder, which we said Chris Paul. He he definitely deserves that consideration. I mean, he's he's a baller, man. He's a baller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Rockets have Harden and Westbrook. Mavs have Luca. Westbrook, yep. Luca's up there. For just to get a pool going, we could put Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in there as well. I would put Donovan Mitchell up there. I don't know if he's top ten, but I would I would put him. But he's he's close. He's one of those fringe guys. Yeah, That's sure. Just to get a pool going, yeah, I'll 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 get him in there, and I'll get Rudy Gobert because he's probably the best defensive center in the league. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, the Grizzlies. Like, I I don't think John Morant is there yet. yet. Not yet. No, no, but but, but what I like, but I really, I, I love talking about Dame Lillard, and I, I think he definitely belongs in the top ten. Um, I, I will put I will put Dame in this pool as well, and then K, uh, the Pelicans. We we can say it's too early for Zion as well. It's obviously, too early for Zion. Um, Kings, nothing, nobody, nobody. The Spurs, nobody. The Suns, Devin Booker nobody probably Booker. is a top ten player in the NBA. I wouldn't yeah. put Devin Booker in the top ten. If you're a top not. ten player in the NBA, no matter what you're doing, your team is winning. And the Phoenix Suns have never won. I can't. Minnesota doesn't there. have anybody, and the Warriors are hurt. But you can put Clay well, Thompson. Would you, would you, and ever, Steph would you Curry consider Carl Anthony Towns? Uh, no. Probably not right now at this point. Okay. okay. What is, What has Carl Anthony Towns done by himself? I want to see more. He's I talented. In a yeah, talent he's, perspective, he's talented. yeah. Well, now maybe. that he's got D'Lo, but I mean that team's... overall player. I don't know. I think that team just needs to learn. But to I'm draft not putting him in the top ten because he has D low on his team. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Golden State, right. you can you be talk about Steph and do you, you put Clay in there too? Would you put Clay 15, in there? 16, yeah, but 15, I think 19. Okay, so we have 19, 19 dudes in a in a top ten in, pool. in a top ten list. So let's start knocking. Or we have eighteen in a top ten list. So we can knock off. We could probably knock off Clay Thompson. Right, yeah, I would say so. Okay, I would can we not, knock off? Can okay, we knock we'll, off Rudy Gobert for now? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, okay. I would knock off Donovan Mitchell. We can knock off Donovan Mitchell. 
Okay, Luke is going to stay. Westbrook's going to stay. Harden's going to stay. Chris Paul, Jokic, Paul George. Knock him out. We can. I'm going to leave him. him. I'm going to keep him for now. Kawhi, AD, LeBron. Oladipo is going to go. Yeah, knock yep. him out. And I'm going to knock off Kyrie as well. Yeah, Kyrie uh, isn't. A I don't know player. about that. Oh, I oh I know about that. I don't think I think Kyrie is one of the most talented players in the NBA, but I don't think he's in a top ten in the NBA like discussion. I think we have to keep him on this list for okay. for argument's sake. That's fine. Oh god. That's fine. Oh, I'm gonna throw. Up. He so deserves to be on there. So we have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14 guys. Okay. So we got to trim four so, more. So now you got to trim four more. And it's tough you can't really trim anything from the East. The East, you know, is, is you got the standout. Did you put, you, you obviously put KD and everything in there. Yep. KD that. is on there. That's why I'm saying I'm I, I, even cutting down four more. I'm going to cut off. I, I guess Kyrie we, can go. Kyrie, yeah. That's I was. Yeah. Kyrie's Paul George is going to. I would have to cut off. See, CP3. I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't. Yeah. CP3, I think has got to go, but I would not be so quick to shut off. Poor, uh, Paul George from this conversation. I would. He's not. I, I don't think he's a game changer. He's 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 a great number two guy. He was a great number two guy in OKC. He's going to be a great number two guy in LA. But he 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 isn't a top ten player to me. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's top ten player. He's a top fifteen player. I, think, I mean, he could shoot. You, he could play D. Yeah. He, you know, if you if you were to start a franchise right right now with. Paul George as like your number one pick, like however the draft board goes, whatever. If he's your number one pick, you're going to be a playoff team every single year. I don't think you're ever going to win anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to keep Chris Paul on here and I'm going to keep Dame on here as well for now. So we got three out of the East and then four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So we got to cut off two. And this okay. is where it gets tough. So if I'm cutting off two here, I'm cutting off Embiid and I'm cutting off Luca. Luca is going to be a top ten player, not this year, next year. Next year he's gonna he's gonna have a you know he's gonna have a year of Kristaps uh, under his belt. You know I think that Mavericks team's gonna be pretty good next year. Um, I don't think he has the he doesn't have the experience yet to be a top ten player. Um, I haven't seen him really. We haven't seen him really perform at crunch time when it really matters. You know playoffs, anything like that. Um, you know a pivotal divisional game where he has to play like that um so i can't i can't put luca in there strictly for his inexperience he has the skill set it's just the inexperience i can't um you know put him in there but i know when you were talking about paul george would you start you know a franchise with luca i mean uh, why wouldn't you i would rather start a franchise with luca than paul george you're absolutely right but i'd also rather i think i'd rather start a franchise with dame than luca right now um Uh, i don't agree with that nope oh man not gonna get me there I no. love Dame Willard, um, his offensive arsenal, and you know, I would almost have. His... I, I think personally, I would rather have Chris Paul than than Damian Lillard. Oh, I love Dame. Ooh. It's always that's it's a hot a, take. It is a hot take. Is know? that a hot take? I think that's a pretty hot take. I don't think it is. At if you're talking overall careers, then yes. But okay, if we're yeah, talking sure. a guy you want on your team today, Dame Lillard is that guy. Dame Lillard, you mean the leading scorer on a twenty-nine and thirty-seven team? Listen, that's Dame Lillard, the basketball player. Dame Lillard, yeah. the basketball player. And, you know, I, I don't think that that Trailblazers team in the front office has done a good job to surround him with the players he needs. I think they got very unlucky. Um, you know, obviously Nurkic destroying his leg is is an unfortunate event. Hassan Whiteside is just – I get taking a flyer on Hassan Whiteside. His, his contract is fat, you know. You know, the, 
the Heat wanted to unload the contract. I get that. Um, but what else have the Blazers done to help Damian Lillard out besides CJ McCollum? Nothing. Nothing. And like, I mean, Rodney Hood, bleh, Gary Trent Jr., bleh, and Fernie Simmons. Bleh. I mean, th- that's the thing is you can't do much when nobody helps you. I mean, if you, you, swap, you look at Kawhi going if, to the Clippers, you have Trez, you have Pat Bev, you have Lou Will, you have Paul George. I mean, you have Landry Shamit, as whatever as whatever Landry Shamit is. You have um, whatever his face, uh, Evox Zubats. I mean, he has a good team around him. Dame doesn't, you know, and, and, and the fact that Dame Lillard takes him to the playoffs pretty much every year, even as a seven seed, seven, eight seed is pretty like surprising. You know, there's two very undersized guards there pretty much running the show. You know, CJ McCollum is very underrated, you know, coming out of Lehigh and stuff like that. You know, he's, he's always had that prove it mentality. Um, but Damian Lillard runs the show and I think he does a damn good job. I mean, I want that guy on my team. I want him, I want him to be my point guard. Um, I love him, man. I, I really do. You know, he's he was averaging 29 points a game this year. He, I He does everything. Four rebounds, eight assists. Sure. One steal a game. Sure. I'll take that. I mean, he's serviceable. He's a, he's a great, great leader. Um, he doesn't want to leave that Blazers team. He's given that tr- – he's given, you know, Portland his heart. I, I love the guy. You know, you see, what was it last year when they were playing OKC and he hit that that disgusting step back three over uh, Paul George? That was ridiculous, ridiculous. Unlimited range. It's always Dame time. The, the thing with Dame Lillard for me is, and I'm going to go back to Mano's point because, yes, they were what twenty yeah twenty nine thirty seven like you said. That was this year. You you take them years past like. I don't know. Like they, I think McCollum's. I think McCollum's drop off says a lot more about that twenty nine and thirty seven record than it says about Dame Lillard. What do you mean? It says more about McCollum. McCollum not being a viable number two. I says because McCollum was a much better player and, and a viable number two in eighteen, twenty nine, or yeah, eighteen, seventeen, and, and years before that. I mean. They were they were at the top of the conference for the past I don't even know how many years before last year, or this year at least I, I guess you could say, uh, depending on the, which way you're looking at it. But I think, and the West also got a lot better. To be fair, um, they got a lot and of that, young guys. Luca that, came up. John Morant came you up. You can't say enough about the Western Conference and how tough it is. You know, you put that you put that Trailblazers team in the East. What are you gonna do? They're beating out they're beating out uh, uh, the Pacers. I think every year. I mean, they're they're gonna smack. They're gonna. I think they'll they would run train on pretty much the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. But I think a good comparison here would be comparing the Blazers to the Suns in Dame Lillard and Devin Booker, because I mean Devin Booker's a lot less polished than Dame Lillard is, but the teams are kind of. I mean, the Blazers are definitely better. You know, don't get me wrong there, but I I just think that that comparison is probably the closest you're gonna get to something in the West. Um. I don't really know how to word this, but like, I mean, the Suns don't really have a number two, but then again, McCollum wasn't that great last year and, and the Blazers were still able to do much better than the Suns were. They were a three seed last year, a three seed. Correct. And now they're a nine seed. Look, I, I don't know. Dude, the East, the West has gotten better. AD AD and LeBron have come over. Okay. The Clippers got Kawhi and Paul George. The Lakers were out of it last year or two years ago. 
Okay, the Nuggets got progressively much better. OKC's been, you know, they've always been up there, and I'm surprised, you know, they're a five seed this year, you know, losing Russ and Paul George. I got to give them credit for that. I mean, I got to give CP3 and Shai Gilgis Alexander credit over there. Um, You know, the Rockets obviously getting better, getting Russ, uh, Luka coming in there. And, you know, even Ja, Ja Morant coming in the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies have put together such a good team. Um, it's pretty much built for Ja Morant. They got shooters. They got big men. Um, the, the West is just a superior conference, and I think the West got a lot better coming into this year than the East did, and that's why they took such a big hit. Yeah, but Chris Paul has yeah. taken the worst team to, to 40 wins. But going off of that, not even looking at the top teams in the West, you look at the teams on the bottom half of the West, that conference has become a lot more balanced. I mean, you look at the Pelicans. The, they're a contender now. I mean, it, it, with with time and more experience working together, I mean, and giving Zion a full season, that team is a playoff team. You look at the Kings. They're young. They have with Buddy Heald, um, Marvin Bagley. Like, those guys are Aaron young Fox. players. That can, the Kings Aaron are the Fox. Kings, they can I get, the they can get it the done. Youngest, That's the thing. I think they have, like, the youngest – the average youngest, you know, player on their team. And I think they play at the fastest pace too. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I have a strong feeling that's how it is. The Kings just aren't able to put it together. Uh, the front office has never been able to put it together. They're not a high volume, you know, a hot spot where free agents want to go and play. I mean, what they had Vince Carter for a year, they got Harrison Barnes, but that's really all you can name for that team. Yeah, I, don't I agree, but I, look, I'm just I, saying I, those are teams that can steal games against teams like the Blazers. So who, who, would, who would you put in over six, Dame? seven, eight, nine? I'd put Chris Paul in over Dame, but that still leaves that uh, that still puts us at eleven. Okay. So whether I, or not I, you want to keep Dame or you got to keep or, or you want to keep Chris Paul, you still got to cut one more. I'm I'm putting Dame in there and I'm cutting all off right. Joel. I, I'm I'm all aboard the You're Nicole cutting off the train. I, okay. I, I can't That's stand. Fine. You know, maybe I have a little bit of bias because he's he's a Sixer and I'm a Celtics fan and. I do hate Joel Embiid, but he's, I mean, he, the guy's a baller. I mean, seven-footer, he, he didn't pick up a basketball until, what, high school, the back end of high school. Um, you know, obviously, he's injury played, and that's pretty much, you know, been his story the whole year. And I just don't have trust in him to last. You know, you, you can't play. I could play Jokic 42 minutes a game. Okay, maybe not, but I feel more confident in you know having Jokic play a whole game than I do having him beat. You know, I'm gonna have to take him beat out for a prolonged amount of time so he could be ready to play the last two minutes. You know, Jokic, I can you know have him pretty much play the whole fourth quarter and I'll be fine. He's still gonna ball. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I'm gonna get the full hundred percent out of Joel Embiid. Um, you know, clearly he has this thing to him where he doesn't seem like he wants to be out there all the time. You know, sometimes you see the lackadaisical effort down the court. Um, he hasn't really made an effort to get more in shape, more ready to play basketball, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I would rather take Jokic. I think they have two different skill sets. I think it depends on the type of style you want to play. I think they're both in my top ten just because that's the two types of centers that you're going to get in the NBA. You're going to get the, the the defensive stud with offensive talent like um, – like Embiid, or you're going to get the offensive, you know, the non-traditional center, the one that's, you know, making passes and still able to do everything else like, uh, like Jokic. But so we have a pretty, so we have a pretty solid top 12 and it really comes down to who you want to put in your, your, uh, your not your 10 spot. Yeah. All right. So you want to just call it the top 12 and pivot to, yeah, we could call it a top 12. Yeah. Cause I I could go back and forth and just say the same shit over and over (laughs) again. It's just not worth it at this point. All right, so let's go on and pivot to 
I mean, we've kind of touched on it throughout this conversation already, but let's pivot. Should the NBA resume? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I don't follow the NBA as closely as you guys do. The plan to what? What? Where do we stand now with the plan to get back? I know Disney's in the conversation to host it's it as like Disney. a neutral site. It's going to be. Disney. What is the structure? Do we have a structure yet, or a, a rough structure, or something like That's- that? That's what there's there's new information coming out every day. And I think what it comes down to is all these different people are in meetings, getting different vibes of ideas and then just leaking it to, to insiders. Um, there's been, you know, talk of traditional 16 team playoffs, you know, eight in the West, eight in the East and doing it how it's normally done. Or there's talk today. The big rumor is that they're going to do like um, like a World Cup style where it's like um, group play. Uh, so that's kind of been thrown around today, but I don't think there's a set idea, but there will be playoffs and it will be not like, yeah, I mean, they're not I, like I've single elimination. Hearing, no, I've been hearing it's been a, to, it's pretty much a top seven, you know, top seven from each division or top six from the, each division are pretty much for, are, are pretty much a lock. And then mm-hmm. it's pretty much seven through whatever, seven through whatever it is, 16, 17, um, or 15, whatever. Yeah, might it get is. a play-in game as well. I've heard it, that. Yeah, it's, it's just a tournament. Okay, so that's that's the question I have. So no one know no one knows yet. I think they're having these discussions, and people are getting different vibes from the conversation and and leaking it one way or another. Mm-hmm. If that makes okay. sense. Okay. So current standings are going to stand. Yeah, uh, and, and yes. that's going to impact seating. Okay. Well, they, right. I don't so, know. So. There might have been. Has there been talks about maybe playing a couple regular season games? But I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Like you said, there's new stuff that comes out every day. I was going to look and see. They, they don't give you a games played stat like they do in the MLB here in the NBA. But I'm just curious if teams, like off the top of my head, the Bucks 53 and, and uh, 12, so they've played 65 games. But then you look at, say, the Knicks, they're 21 and 45. They'd, they've played 40 or 66 games. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Pistons, 66. The Hawks have played 67 games. And then, I mean, it's not so much a problem in the East, but in the West, there are teams that are, I mean, the I mean, Blazers the are East, three games the, the, out. The 7-8 race in, in the East, I mean, Brooklyn and Orlando are pretty, I mean, what, I think Brooklyn's got it by a half a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they're, you but know, you look 9 through 34 and 12. Yeah, I mean, it's all garbage. In the I mean, West. East, you look 9 through 12 in the West. The West is where it gets real interesting. Sorry, I need to keep cutting out. I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but you keep cutting out, cutting it out. So I keep thinking. All right, that's fine. Just keep going. We'll just keep going. No, no, you're good. No, you're fine. I mean, um, I was just saying the bottom end of the East is trash, so I don't really care too much about their playing games. Um, and the only people it might screw over, obviously, is you know the Nets. I mean, that'd be the biggest. They'd probably be one of the biggest losers if there's a if there's a play in. Um, but the West is going to be nuts. I mean, between Dallas, Memphis, Portland, the Pelicans, Sacramento. I mean, even Phoenix could make a run. I mean, the Spurs have, are still polished. They're still run by, you know, one of the best coaches ever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I, think, I think they're going to end up doing the play-in games to kind of let the teams that are like two, three games out um, kind of have that, you know, last chance. Um, and kind of, and, you know, earn their way in, even if it's, you know, for that seven and eight seed or something along those lines. Okay. So let's, let's, let's just talk, let's talk about favorites. I mean, forget about this because we can talk about formatting when we want. We're not going to know what the format is, but mm-hmm. who do you like to, who do you like to win at all? 
There's, well, there's obviously think... there's clear beneficiaries and you know and people who are losing, and that's obviously the seven and eight seeds if if, if they're playing in. But right. I mean, but they don't. They're not going to have the odds to win it anyways. You know, mm-hmm. like even if this continued to go or however it goes, like the the odds are the seven and eight seeds aren't going to win this. That's just the way the NBA playoffs are formatted. Mm-hmm. Um, they want the best team to win the championship, and it, you know, like that. I think. I I think I've, this. I don't know. I think if if the playoffs are very abnormal. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, if there's these playing playing games, and if you're playing every day, there's no travel involved. Um, you know, the I think these younger teams have a chance to just get hot and make a run. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously, I know, think the Heat are extremely sneaky in a, in a, in an odd format. I know the Heat are still top four in the East. I mean, they're they're a great team, but given some wonky situation, I think they have they have the potential to really do, make a run here and and threaten. I don't. It's going to take a lot. It's the series going to come down to. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever the series ends up being, best of three, best of five, best of seven. It's going to take a lot to beat a team like the Bucks or the Raptors or even the Celtics for that matter. I, I listen. I can. I'm biased about the Celtics, dangerous. but I think the Celtics are one of the biggest beneficiaries. I mean, if if, if we're talking about back to back games, you no, know, maybe you're playing six games a week, five games a week. I mean, because there's no traveling now, you just play back to back days. I mean, these younger teams have clearly have the energy and the stamina advantage, you know, as opposed to mm-hmm. older LeBron and bigger, lunkier guys like, you know, Giannis, if Giannis is playing 40 minutes a game, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be just dead by the, by the six, by the sixth game, you know, if the, if the series stretches that long, but you know, Boston's core three with, with Tatum and JB and uh, Kemba, I mean, those are a bunch of young guys. And I think these young teams have, have a, a real chance to make a run. And I, I, and I do think, like you said, stick, uh, I do think Miami is is a good sneaky pick here too. Does it matter that Miami has a losing record on the road? Is this technically on the road if it's a neutral site? I would say no. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that, that's, know. they can't win away from home. They're not at home. No, nothing yeah. there. It like, will guys. be in Florida. To be fair. <laughs> that's true. Okay. No, I think the conversation really comes down to the two a to to the two L A teams, the Lakers and the Clippers, or the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to if you're going to pick a. a a, like a champion based on these compromised circumstances, your best bet is going with the best teams. Um, and the Lakers, you know, the Lakers have the best record in the West by five and a half games before this all started. And they have LeBron James and they have AD and they have a decent supporting cast around them. And the Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, a Kawhi Leonard who's used to sitting for extended amount of times, but just not yeah. extended as in like a quarantine extended t- amount of time. I mean, I think the Clippers are one of the clear <laughs> beneficiaries, like you said, with, you know, an injury, the injury history of Kawhi, whether it be minor. Oh, for or, sure. Yeah. And, and well, he would sit out really with the shoulder. Right. Issues, like, I mean, come on. Like, he's not going to sit out in the playoffs, obviously like load manage in the playoffs, but like he's been load managing this entire quarantine. I, I would assume. And then the in the East, the you, you have the Bucks who have you know yeah the pretty Bucks. much steamrolled everybody for two years in a row. Giannis um, steamrolls everybody. Yeah. yeah, Giannis steamrolls everybody. That's fine, but I think if you're looking for a long shot, like I know the 76ers haven't been able to put anything together this year, like on a consistent basis. But if this year, I, this year, I think well, yeah, fine. But I think if you want to take a long shot bet, they have a good good as chance as anybody. That's what it, this playoff format is going to give all the underdogs a shot. 
um, you know, more of a shot so than before. I mean, obviously, if it's Milwaukee against Orlando, I think that doesn't really mean much. But, you know, when it comes to being if, like you said, if it's Milwaukee against Boston, Milwaukee against Philly, Milwaukee against Miami, like anything like that, the underdog has a chance here. Um, And even in the and even in the West, I mean, I. You know, with Jokic and the, the Nuggets and 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 Houston, the uh, you know James Harden and Luca with the Mavericks. I mean, maybe he's put he's going to put it all together with him and Porzingis. This is his time to shine. Um, who knows, man? Like, I, I think it's going to be fireworks. The first two three rounds. I um, mean, you know, obviously until we get to the conference semi or the divisional semis. Or I'm sorry, the conference semis or the conference finals. Um, it's it's just going to be back and forth. I mean, I'm real excited for it. I can't wait to see basketball mm-hmm. again. I really can't wait to see basketball. When a champion is crowned, are you going to give it an asterisk? Um, uh, no. I'm going to say no. I mean, I wouldn't because it's basketball to me. Um, you know, okay. no matter what, I don't really change the way I view the. Th- there's going to be a champion, and it's a champion nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I think the players might view it a little differently. Um, you know, obviously some teams are getting hot and this, you know, these, these past two months when they've been sitting out, that's, this is when Mm -hmm. teams usually start gaining. My thing is these guys are all under the same set of circumstances. They all are doing nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's very well regulated in the sense where like, quote unquote, doing nothing, but doing nothing. Right. Like obviously some have advantages, like, you know, if the, if the players on the nets and Knicks, right. If they live in New York, they can't go to the facility and get shots up. But if you're Donovan Mitchell living in Utah, I would assume that your house has in Utah has enough space for a little basketball uh, court. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or LeBron James inside your house for that matter. Or yeah, sure. Something along those lines, but his there's house, different circumstances. Is for, a whole basketball court. <laughs> there's different circumstances for these players, but I, I, I would assume that if you want to get out and shoot, and you're an NBA player and you want to do some sort of training, you're going to be able, you would have been able to, if you wanted to, Easy. that's just my guess. I don't know. So what, that's just my guess. A, are you going to put an asterisk? No, I'm not going to put an asterisk because they're all under the same set of circumstances. If I was a, Lebr- if I was a, uh, a LeBron James hater and thought that uh, Michael Jordan is the best thing since sliced bread, then yeah, I, I'd probably give it an asterisk, but I'm not. So uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, if it was a lockout shortened season, no one would give it an asterisk. It was just they won the championship in the lockout uh, championship in the lockout shortened season. That's just the way it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're all right. they're all still doing it. No, it's true. It's gonna be fun. Look, it's not a Houston it's Astros. Gonna be, it's, it's gonna be that. Oh, oh god! No, well, no one's cheating. Oh, presumably, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's that's the argument here is. Yeah, like you said, they're all under the same circumstances, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the it's no. the circumstances. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just. With that being you, said, I'm going I, to rule out the Los Angeles Lakers. You're ruling out think, the Lakers. You're going to rule out the look, Lakers. Look at right the now? ages. Look, look. I agree. I, I think youth wins. LeBron, you got LeBron. You got Davis. You have Javale. You have Danny Green. You have. I mean, Kuzma's young. Kuzma's I mean, garbage. Avery Bradley. What is he? Thirty. Thirty-two. Thirty-one. Yeah, He's not what he used to be when he was on the Celtics. Dwight Howard, Markeith Dwight. Morris, Rajon Rondo, Dion oh, Waiters is on that team. Like that, that team has is probably the oldest team in the league. Like, see, and that's what I'm they're talking gonna get about. Gassed. Where I think it, that's what exactly they're going to get gassed. I mean, these older teams are going to get gassed, and especially these teams that play really fast-paced basketball, and they're going to burn themselves out in the first two games, and then it's going to fall apart. Because uh, who knows how big the break's going to be in between rounds. You know, like we're saying, it's going to be games every day. Like, 
if you have, if, you know, say Disney, you know, they play in Disney and Disney has five separate courts. I mean, they're playing basketball all day. I had a, uh, I had a, I had a theory or an idea rather that each, uh, that each home team, that each NBA team should have a different home around the Disney parks. Oh God. Like as opposed to all playing in the world, you know, you can get, you can get one team in the worldwide of sports. Maybe the Lakers play in the worldwide of sports, but the mm-hmm. Nets can play, you know, in the fucking, uh, excuse me, in the freaking, uh, in the tree of life, in the animal, in the animal kingdom. Someone's and, play Epcot. and then, yeah, the Knicks can play in the, in the Epcot dome, magic or, kingdom, animal kingdom, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah it, it just different in different spots. Like, you know the kings can play underneath Cinderella's castle. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I I think it's I think it's very uh, I, I I don't think I it's think possible. It's a good idea. I think I it's a good th- idea. <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, even it's if a good idea, but they don't have the space for that. No, no, probably not. No, the Rockets can play on Space it. Mountain. There you Dude, go. That'd be, that'd be pretty crazy. Or yeah, on top of Magic Kingdom, on top of the or right, yeah, right next to the uh, they're playing outside, right next to the castle. Mm-hmm. Damn, that'd be exactly. pretty dope. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Whoever's, yeah. whoever's the, the smallest team by height can play in the It's a Small World attraction. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I yeah. think that would I think that would add some added uh, some added interest to that, it. That would add some flavor, I think. Absolutely. And then, like you said, it gives some some sort of home court advantage, maybe. Does it though? <laughs> If they know the ins and outs of the air conditioner that's going through, it's a small world, and they can, you know, sh- <laughs> it's, it was always freezing cold in that thing. <laughs> Dude, listen, it's because it's like a hundred degrees outside with like two hundred percent humidity, and you just want to. Oh man, that's the best when you're going on a ride, and that's like your five minute break from the sun. Mm. <laughs> All right, last last topic. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to team first. Let's let's get one gun to your head. Who are you picking? Oh, I'm taking the Lakers. I'm taking Nick. the Celtics, baby. Oh, I'm taking the Celtics. I'm going to go hot take heat here, and I'm going to post that clip when I'm correct. Okay. All right. Mano, pivot us. Let's see. <laughs> hot take so, the, so with the ending of The Last Dance, the 10-part documentary on Michael Jordan that aired on ESPN, <laughs> uh, it, it started um a little bit of like a Twitter uh, sphere debate about like – do other sports have Michael Jordans or like an equivalent to Michael Jordan? Um, and you know, you can make an argument to almost every sport has their own Michael Jordan, um, where the player dominated on the court to the point where he was the best in the sport and had the championship accomplishments to back it up. And then I started thinking about baseball and I don't think – well, I wanted to get your guys' opinions on whether or not you think there's anyone close in Major League Baseball that is close to Michael Jordan or has been or I guess I guess you can't see will be, but has, it, has Major League Baseball had anything near a Michael Jordan? I don't think – All right, I'll start us off here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. I mean, I was gonna, I'm just going to keep right. it quick because I, I haven't really th- – like thought about it or dove into it too much. I don't think anybody has um, the work ethic, the skills and the championships to back up what Michael. So, all right. So, so, okay. So let's break this down into, let's break this down into categories. I guess we can break it down into how he was portrayed in the documentary. There was off, off court recognition, right? Where he left hotels and everybody wanted to to see him Mm -hmm. to the point where he had to stay in his hotel and hang out with them. 
hang out with the the curly haired mullet guy. Uh, that guy was the boy. He hit him with that the scrub. Hit him with exactly. the with the coin toss. Twice, twice to make sure <laughs> to make sure the camera saw it too. Uh, so, all right, off court recognition, um, on field dominance, mm-hmm. um, work ethic. Sure, work ethic and championships and winning and championships. So, so in terms of so yeah. the, uh, all right, I like those. I like those four. Okay, so and there's a few the, there's a few names that I came up with that I'm gonna bounce I have two off in my head right now. Go ahead, go ahead, stick because I'm sure they overlap. Probably. Um. All right. So the two that pop into my head initially, first one, Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The second, Barry Bonds. Boom. That's what I like. So he Barry. So Barry Bonds was in. All right. I get, we'll we'll start with Ken Griffey. Um. So Ken Griffey Jr. Obviously, everyone knows. Everyone who follows baseball knows Ken Griffey Jr. because he has one of the sweetest swings, right? Yeah, He's the, known he for like the backwards hat, hat, being the, you know, the cool baseball player where baseball was kind of like black nose to the nose to the sky, like very stuck up. Right. And baseball is still stuck up to that point. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so everybody recognizes Ken Griffey. So we can get that. Was Ken Griffey ever the best at the sport though? Probably no. not at any given time. No. Um, but he's close, but he's, he's up there. Listen, well, he, he was almost a unanimous, uh, a unanimous hall of famer ballot. What, what was he at? 99.6 or something like that. Yeah. I think it was two votes short. So that, yeah. Okay. Because but I they, was, but, but that doesn't, uh, right. 13 time all-star 10 time gold glove winner, seven time silver slugger, um, all-star game MVP. And, um, this, what is this? TSN Major League Player of the Year, which I don't think they do anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but at, that's in twenty-one seasons. Like he's got the longevity, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know. But I don't think like I—that's why this is an interesting conversation. I feel is, like the, an, the true answer here is no. But if we're—I don't know—if we're trying to get somebody super close, I feel like mm-hmm. he's got to be—he's got to be up there. He's also fifty-six. Like ranked like war, all time with eighty three. If that if you want that to be your end all be all stat, then like so be it. But uh, he's he's definitely in the conversation. But there are players that were were better than him, as evidenced by like more war. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think ba- I don't think basketball has a has a comparable catch all stat like that to to um to cover. But I, I Barry Bonds is I think Barry Bonds is my is my answer. It's probably the closest, and Alex mm-hmm. Rodriguez could be in there also. A Rod can probably yeah. All right, oh, I'll give you A Rod. Oh, Other than that, Albert Pujols, maybe a nah. Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean Cal Ripken's the, the Iron Man. I mean that guy mm-hmm. is just he played like crazy. I, I think when it's tough because you know it depends what generation you're talking to. Um, you know, we look back and those are the old timers, obviously Ken Griffey, Barry Bonds. Um, and then you can go back even further, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron. Uh, I mean, even if you really want to reach, you know, Lou Gehrig, you know, stuff like that. Cy Young. I mean, it's, you you can't even compare. I don't think you can even go that far back because there's, there's, it's just a different sport. 
I think it's it, not a yeah. I think it's just different depending on who you're talking to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we, I mean, we look at those guys like they're the old timers. They kind of they were, you know, those are our baseball idols. You know, like you grow up and you know you want to hit as many bombs as as Barry Bonds. You want to have a swing like Ken Griffey. Um, you know, you want to have that that uh, uh, that presence in the town you play. Like, I think Man and I were talking about Jeter, like. I mean, you want to be like that. Who didn't want to be uh-huh. like Derek Jeter? I mean, right. why would you? Well, not? Jeter's Jeter's up there on this too. But I think you know, Jeter is simultaneous simultaneously the most underrated and overrated player in baseball. Without which probably which probably means he's ranked just right. You know, um, so he's you know he's in the discussion as well. But I don't think he was ever the best you know player. It is it like at, no, at, at, at any given time. Comparison would be interesting. A you Jeter, know, Chris like, Paul. Jeter actually won, though. Chris Paul didn't win. That's true. You know, and, and um, I, I think you got to throw Randy Johnson in there too. Randy Johnson can be up there, especially you because know, he got he got better with age. I mean, all, he was you know average in in his early career, and then after he turned thirty five, he averaged three hundred fifty four strikeouts per season while having a two point five ERA, and he did that all after twenty five during the steroid era. So. And he balled. Yeah, he's. And he was he was probably the best pitcher at the time. Mm-hmm. I think I think Barry Bonds is the closest we get to it, but obviously Barry Bonds has the 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 cloud hanging over his head with the steroid stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's why he has off field recognition because he's hitting. But even even when you know he was hitting, he was breaking the home run record. He was on ESPN, you know, almost every time because what he was doing was a spectacle. He was hitting the ball like nobody else has ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, he gets up there and you already know who's, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's close years. enough. It's close enough to the modern, you know, game where it's, there's, there's not too much of a difference because I, I think that perhaps the closest we can get, if you just ignore era is Babe Ruth, right? Cause Babe Ruth was probably was, I'm saying probably because I wasn't there. Right. And then some, <laughs> a 104 year old is going to tell me, well, actually, you know, Jim Smith of the whoever's was better than Babe Ruth, but no one saw him because he broke his leg or got drafted or got gangrene or something. Whatever. Um, uh, And and Babe Ruth did it on both sides of the ball. I mean, he played out and he pitched and he hit. Right. And he leads, he leads major league baseball in, in war like all times. But, it, but the thing with him is it's a different era. It's a completely different era of baseball. And that's um, why you could also talk about trout. I mean, you could easily throw trout. In there right. And that's where I wanted, ball. that's where I wanted to go. Like is Mike trout right now is probably the closest thing we have in baseball, but whether or not he's going to win anything remains to be seen. He's, he's not, I mean, that's the thing is he's not going to put up, He's not going to get. He's not. He's not going to get the championships, and it stinks uh-huh. because, you know, and and the MLB community, the baseball fan community, always talks about how poorly of a job, you know, the MLB does promoting Mike Trout as the best uh-huh. player in the MLB, and it's been so clear for what the past three years, um, you know, the guy does it every time, every day. His work ethic is crazy. He's there for the fans. You know, he's clearly uh-huh. the one. He's arguably the best outfielder. He's arguably one of the best hitters. 
and it's just. Oh, I see the work. thing with Babe Ruth, his work ethic. I don't, I don't argue. Think, I, don't I think, think he's dead cut and clear above everybody else. The best player yeah, in the league. He's probably the best player in the league. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. We're seeing now more and more that the MLB as a whole organization is clearly just not cut from the same cloth as the NBA, as the NFL, in yeah. terms of just in in an overall sense of sport. Just like. With the problem going on between the MLBPA and the owners, it, it's like there's such a disconnect and it just really drives home the all the stereotypes about baseball, how it's a stuck up, greedy kind of oriented sport. And there's just not a good aura around it right now, especially in the emergence of social media. I bring it up a lot. Social media has not been good to baseball. And it's, I don't know, it's hard. And they have we haven't had the best commissioners. It's just look. I, I don't know. I it, it's I hope that it turns around, but it's just interesting. It's a it's weird just, it's thing tough going because on. all three of us are such big you know baseball fans. You know we we've played growing up, and um you know it's you know the the game has my heart, and it's and it always will. And it's tough to see the league not promote itself the way it should, um because it's i mean it used to be america's pastime is it still i mean uh-huh. the, the mlb will call it america's pastime but it's looking more towards like football now or even basketball and stuff like that and, well those are two sports that are non-stop action-packed you mm-hmm. know what i mean and people don't want to watch a three-hour baseball game where there's seven hits total and three runs scored and well that's not how you attract new fans you know right like the XFL, you want to go and you want to watch people get leveled. You want to see mm-hmm. points being put up. You well, that's, want to see that's, this. that's why the juice ball is such a debate. It's like, yeah, people love seeing home runs, but at like what cost? You know, like. Yeah. yeah they, I mean, well, they, we talked about this on, on Baseball 4, where we were, we were pretty much going through everything that the MLB can do to improve it. it was, I think it was maybe two or three episodes ago. I think it was our second episode. Um, like miking up the players and, and stuff like that, where it, it, there's really like kind of a gray area where it, there's really no place for that during a live game, but that's also something that would truly benefit the game. So we need a guy in here as commissioner that can stop just talking and throwing out ideas and getting backlash and some instead of and instead have somebody who can pretty much just come in and implement that and and get it done in the correct format and really hear from the players. But back to my original point here, when there's a disconnect between the players and the owners and the league, you're not, you're going to, you're just moving the goalposts further away from each other. And it, I just don't see that happening sometime in the near future. Like, I don't, I think everyone they have, uh, you know, the manager, not the managers, the commissioner is too old school thinking. Um, you know, th- their main, th- their main thinking is preserving baseball, but they get about a lot of lash about expanding and, um, you know, being more of a, a younger, you know, appealing to a younger audience. Um, and I also think the MLB spends a lot of time on international play, uh, you know, obviously trying to get um, people from the outside coming into the States and trying to play baseball here. But I think they spend way too much time on that because it's, baseball is an international game, whether you try for it or not. And people want to go to the MLB when you have, you know, people like Javi Baez and, you know, with the flash and the flare from the Dominican Republic and stuff. That's like what that. people want to see. People want to see that stuff though. Yeah. And, and, and that's what the kids want to do. I mean, the kids mm-hmm. want, you, you that's know, the other thing to- too. Like these, these guys are, you know, like the, the kids love, not the kids, but like, you know, like people like our age love 
bat flips. Oh yeah, dude. I love and drag. I, I don't care if, yeah, I love a bat flip, right? I don't care if Marcus Stroman strikes out a dude looking and then does seven back flips off the mound. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see him like playing it off all cool. Like I've been there before and I just struck out a dude. Like that's great and all if that's your style, but you don't need to get, you know, it's, it's the emotion about another person doing it. It's the emotion, you know, the, the, the emotion that, you know, players are allowed to have, I think is mm-hmm. definitely not allowed. You know, it, you, know you, you could be flary in basketball. They hit a shot. They go crazy. I mean, you see yeah. people, you know, dancing up and down, you know, Steph with the shimmy and MJ with the shrug. And yeah. And you know, you know what? Nobody gets punched in the mouth because of it. No, because it's fine. Everyone can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I know like, you if know, you don't man, like it, don't yep. give it up. Yep. And that, that, that's something that, that's true. Right. It's CC Sabathia says this all the time. Like he doesn't care if you bat flip against him because he knows that he messed up and he's going to, and like, he, CC Sabathia, is the one that's going to, you know, wear it. Yeah. I mean, I love baseball and I love playing baseball. And I love watching baseball. And I could sit there and I can't sit there and watch a three hour game and not have a problem. But it's people like us are, that, I mean, they're not trying to reach, they don't have to reach us because they've already gotten us. It's the people who are like, Oh yeah, you know, I guess I'll go to a baseball game. Like, sure, why not? You know, if, if you, you find a random friend, hey, you know, we're going to a Yankee game. You guys want to come? Uh, you know, I'm kind of tired from work. Like, eh, like no, mm-hmm. you want you want to get those people who are on the fence to go. And like you said, the lack of action. Um, you know, I really think miking up players would be crazy. Even if they don't mic up the players, like you put a mic in the in the in the uh, the bases, you put it on the by the fence so you could hear. You put it on the goal uh, on the the flagpoles. Um, like something put it on the umpire like i want to hear something and and i think they have to change the angle too of mm-hmm. the camera like when they show the camera in the rear by, by the umpire and you see the way the balls move at 95 mm-hmm. miles an hour i mean well social media has really has really kind of you know accelerated or, or helped maybe some people convert because the biggest thing last year was when aaron boone bugged out on um on the umpire you know that was the the biggest thing for for not only John boy on, uh, on Instagram, but it was also the biggest thing in MLB. Like everybody, everybody saw that. Well, even to the point, Jeremy Frank, and we were talking about how even getting a commentator in the booth that can relate to people, like Mm -hmm. getting a guy like Jeremy in the booth who has a different perspective on the game and comes at it from a different angle or a guy like John boy in the booth, these are the guys you have to go after. These are the people that are transforming the game. The game is viewed differently. These people have a reach with the younger generation, and they can provide that to the fans. Like mm-hmm. old school fans might not necessarily enjoy it as much, but it, that's a trade off you need to be willing to make because you're going to trade off the possibility of losing. And I don't mean to sound weird saying this, but like trading off 10 years of fandom from a guy kind of at the later end of his life who may possibly not watch baseball anymore to from a pure business standpoint capturing that 15 year old that 12 year old that 10 year old who you will have as a fan for life like mm-hmm. those older fans are going to come back the younger too. generation they're going to come back you want to watch they're baseball they're going to come back and watch baseball exactly the, i mean the the older fans when Colin Kaepernick and the whole like kneeling thing was going on in the NBA ever uh, you know a lot of football fans were like i'm not watching it anymore if they kneel and Sure, like one way or another, they came back, right? I mean, yeah. Whether it's 
these people want to watch it, even if they say they're going to watch it, even though they say they're not going to watch it. They might not be very outspoken about it, but what they will do is mute the TV. Like you see on Twitter all the time, people like I see it in Yankee Twitter for, um, for the most part where people are like, yeah, I can't really stand listening to Michael K. So I, I just mute the TV and I watch like, fine, do it. But you mm-hmm. still get the viewership ratings. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I do. I, I, you know, I would sit down, you do homework, and I would just put the Mets on in the background. I mean, I would mute it because I don't want to hear him get smacked around, but that's for a different story. <laughs> like, it, it, and it's tough because, you know, I, I guess if I can pinball off the Mets, like, I love listening to Keith Hernandez, um, you know, Gary Cohen and Ron Darling, and that's a squad for me, and I wouldn't give them up. They have, they have, see, with them, they have personality, they have mm-hmm. zest, you know, they provide really good commentary. Um, and I know Mets fans out there know what it's like to watch a Mets game because they do. They keep it interesting. They're 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 not just talking about baseball. You know, they they talk about life. They talk about what's going on at home. They talk about right. you know hanging out with each other. Um, but to your point, stick about bringing Jeremy Franken or someone with a little bit more of an analytical mind and stuff like that. I mean, that's how you get the younger audience in, especially with social mm-hmm. media. I mean, all those people are so prolific on social media. Like, they're all on their phones. Like, that's what you need. Because that's the way the league is going too. Like these GMs are bringing in, you know, talent and people to find that talent that are, you know, meeting some certain advanced criteria. And if you know Jim Smith, who played in the '80s, who was a commentator for whoever for so many years, like doesn't accept that, then he's not going to talk about it while on, you know, while on broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's a, right. it's a tough debate. Um, I love baseball, and I never want to see it to go. I don't, and I will still watch baseball every day, whenever I can, and I'll still go to baseball games. But MLB, figure your shit out. Yeah, it won't. So go they on. don't have an MJ. They until don't. Mike Trout have an wins. MJ. Okay. They don't have an MJ until Mike Trout can win some championships, and then I'll be convinced that they have one. Cool. Pretty much. All right. Final thoughts, anybody? Oh uh, well, I'm going to add a little tidbit about the NHL. Um, they just came out. Uh, they just agreed that they're going to have a 2014 playoff, 12 and 12 from each conference. Uh, there's pretty much going to be a play-in from uh, seed five to 12. It's going to be a five-game, um, a five-game playoff series, and the one to four seeds are actually going to be in their own little tournament uh, to see the top four seeds. So I'm really, inter- I'm, I'm really excited for the NHL. Uh, the NHL playoff in August is going to be crazy. There's going to be NHL play- playoffs. There's going to be NBA playoffs. Um, it's all going to come at once, and I can't wait to watch the NHL. I just, and I'm going to put out these picks, and, now, and I'm about to go fire, fire on these NHL picks. I'm so excited. I'm done. Manny? I'm good, man. I'm good, too. All right. All right so this has been our mishmash episode, uh, covering a little bit of the NBA, covering a little bit of – uh, talk around the MLB and hopefully sports come back uh, within the next couple weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. It really sucks right now. Um, we wish we could bring you guys more stuff, but there's literally nothing to really talk about that you haven't already heard on Twitter or seen in real time. So with that, uh, check us out on social media, depending on how you found us. Uh, Twitter at Capson Sports. Uh, that's C-A-P-S-O-N Sports on Instagram at capson.sports. Uh, check out our website at capsonsports.com. Um, we're pretty much posting blogs there. We're going to have the podcast up there. Uh, working on a bunch of new stuff for you guys as 
sports come back. Uh, it's kind of tough to implement them right now just because there's really no content to go off of. Um, but everything is pretty much going to be centralized on our website. Um, so get familiar with that. If you're a fan, word of mouth helps us out a shit ton. Um, yeah, pretty much it. See ya. Gang.